Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio. A quick update. Thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. I probably, we probably can start mm-hmm. saying the world soon enough. I think 60 countries counts. Yeah. Well, it's like 60. They're spread out. They're it's not like, contiguous. Counts. Right. Exactly. It's 62 now. But I problem is, is if you have like, you know, 400 listeners in Botswana, mm-hmm. I have to go and see if there's another daily real estate coaching podcast that's oh, happening right. in Botswana. So, I mean, how else am I going to really know? So that's <laughs> the problem. You have to fact check yourself. Right. right? That's the problem yeah. with, you know, making that claim outside of our borders is it's impossible to really know. But We can say in most of the world or something that makes it safe. You know, it'd be funny is if we start saying the number one listened to daily podcast in the United States and Botswana. There you go. <laughs> Keeping it real. Um, so today we're going to talk about, and actually Julie uh, created this outline for us today to share with you. Uh, and it was a continuation, actually, of an interesting conversation we were having on Clubhouse this morning. So we have a Clubhouse event that starts every morning at 8 o'clock East Coast time. It's called Real Estate Masterclass. So if you just search for Real Estate Masterclass or search for Julie and I, you'll find it. And I've, I'm enjoying this format a lot. It's not just Julie and I presenting like we do on the podcast. It is a interactive conversation. Um, and there's other real estate coaches that are moderators. There's top producing agents that are moderators. A lot of really great um, – you know, frankly, conversations coming as a result of the free-flowing uh, uh, conversation. I hate yeah. using the word conversation three times in a row, but that is well, what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. It's, you know, that's honest. But it <laughs> so, is, though. It, yeah. it's, it's interactive. And I don't know how – if you're not on Clubhouse, it's difficult to explain it. Like normally when you listen to a podcast, and I listen to podcasts, that's just Julie all day, you're generally speaking just listening to maybe three or four or maybe one person's perspective or maybe they're telling you a story or that sort of thing. Like Kind of like listening to the AM radio back in the day is really what it is. But on Clubhouse, it's almost like talking to AM radio meets talk radio. Where, it is. Where, but the barriers for the audience to speak directly to the people that are up on stage are zero. So you could, as a moderator, you can meet her who's up on stage. And if anyone shows up that, you know, you prefer not to have on stage, you can always boot them off stage. But at the end of the day, it is that the open dialogue uh, amongst people in all different parts of the world and all different experience levels and all different levels of financial and success all different levels of all those things. That's what I personally find interesting. Yes. I also like the very timeliness of it, right? Yep. I mean, we work hard to keep our podcast, um, you know, appropriate to what's going on out there. It's one of the reasons why we go to clubhouses to see what you guys are all dealing with. Uh, but it does have that sense. I still have, and I'm sure this will go away after I've done more of them. I get like the same feeling where you remember, and we're going to sound really old now, but when, when, uh, you, you could like pick up the phone and hear your brother's conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's got that like dropping into the conversation feel to it, which I kind of like because it, it just, I don't know, maybe that's what makes it feel like the most modern form of 
how we're doing the whole social business. It feels, if, to me, it feels like the first step in what's going to be an um, evolution in social networking, frankly. That's a better it, way it. It doesn't it. feel like the final product. It feels like a work in progress. Sure. Transitional, cool. maybe. Yeah. And yeah. so if you are not on Clubhouse, if you have an iPhone, it's available only right now for iPhone, but supposedly Android soon enough. Do consider downloading the app. Uh, now it's invitation only at this point because it's still not, they're still not, uh, you're frankly ready to release it to the wilds. But for now, um, definitely download the app and definitely reserve your name. Um, and it, sometimes just by doing that, you'll get invited into the app. Uh, I, when I have invitations to send, or if you know other people in Clubhouse, they probably have invitations they can share with you. So work it that way. I'll encourage all of you to get on there as fast as you can because we were yesterday talking about different ways you can use Clubhouse to um, – frankly, make money, right? To meet clients and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And one of the prevailing ideas was how to make, like some of you are uh, hopefully familiar with BNI, Business Networking International. So why wouldn't you want to do like a clubhouse group? Essentially, that's a clubhouse version of BNI. It's your group. It's a local uh, group of professionals and you guys show up there every morning and you exchange referrals. And, you know, maybe you could do it as a private room or the secondary idea I liked even better. There was a great guy from Miami that sells a billion dollars worth of real estate a year. Wow. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to close $250 million in, first, in the first quarter. Wow. Right. So anyway, he so maybe That's a billion, awesome. maybe $750 million. If <laughs> A rounding error, he'll I He'll be suppose. okay. Yeah. yeah. It was $68 million closing closed in February. Good Lord. I know. Nice job. I know, right? Well, those are the types of people we're attracting sure, to our sure, groups. Sure. So um, his idea, the idea I worked on with him about is why not he? Why doesn't he start a clubhouse and then he invites other agents of similar sales experience, true, true, top rung, you know, the absolute stud and studettes of real estate. And why doesn't sure. he start a clubhouse room for them and choose the major markets that are feeding into Miami, which is basically the world Everywhere. right now. Yep. So he could have maybe the top producing agent in Manhattan, the top producing agent in Greenwich, Connecticut, the top producing agent, you guys get the gist of it and have them all in a clubhouse every morning. And they then talk about their markets and they, you know, an absolute, you know, again, a, a masterclass and I offered to have them help them start it. But there's another good idea for all of you guys. So who knows where this technology is going to evolve to or grow to. But the, one of the reasons you guys listen to us is because we're always, uh, you know, frankly, running through filters, what we're going to share with you guys, but we're always looking for things that are going to help you. And this is the reason, frankly, we're advocates of Clubhouse. They're not paying us for this, even though it sounds very much like an advertisement. It's just something we really do think that you will benefit from, for the most part, by participating in. It can be a black hole of time, like all social networking stuff. But at the end of the day, if you're selective on who you listen to uh, and don't over-indoctrinate yourself into you know, the masses of social media gurus and whatnot, which sort of you know inundate every single hall of real estate education, it seems, anymore – uh, if you sort of avoid all that sort of gimmickry, gimmetry, gim what would be the word? Gimmickry. Gimmickry. Goofiness. Goofiness. We're going to go with goofiness. Yeah, then you'll be fine. And then you can actually pick out the the you know the, the uh, gold in the piles of hay. And, and that's really what it's for. But man, an unfettered access to really some incredible information. I wish we had that when we were growing up. Oh, that's for sure. I mean, I say growing <laughs> up. I mean, when we were growing up. When we were real estate babies. You know, embryos, basically. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so in the meantime, yes, please do join us. And uh, thank you for all of you podcast listeners who are finding us on Clubhouse too. 
uh, and it's really great to have direct contacts with all of you guys who are listeners. Tens of thousands of you listen every day. It's so cool to have some of you show up, and uh, you know we can hear your voices and we become you know friends, and you know it's it's wonderful. So there you go. There's my uh, suggestion of a something for you to look into today. And it's really, truthfully, the same line of thought. It's the same reason Julie and I aligned with EXP Realty two years ago, because it was something that we had, we'd always been non-denominational, as how we like to say it. In other words, when someone had asked which brokerage they'd want to join, we never really gave them a, a real direct answer. It was just whichever one you want to join. They were all kind of the same until EXP Realty. And, you know, it, look, it, bottom line is EXP Realty is the right move for all of you. And, and you need to seriously be drilling down and asking yourself, once you understand the value proposition that EXP is, why you haven't moved over yet. It do, there is no logical reason not to be an EXP agent at this point. It, there really isn't. Maybe two years ago, you could argue that maybe, you know, there was no uh, EXP had to, you know, their stock wasn't where it is today, maybe whatever, right? You had your excuses, but now those excuses have all run dry. So if you're ready to join EXP and you're looking for the, you're looking for a sponsor, of course, Julie and I would love to sponsor you at EXP Realty. Just text me directly. And this is literally my text self. This is my cell phone. Some of you call and hang up when I answer, (laughs) which frankly is the reason I rarely answer it. Um, But do send us a text if you're interested in joining EXP Realty, it's 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And the last little commercial announcement, and then we're going to get to Julie's points, is um, the Harris Rules book continues to be a bestseller. And thanks for sending us and texting us the pictures of um, the book sitting on bookshelves. It's so nice to see you guys going to bookstores again at Barnes & Noble and all mm-hmm. these other bookstores. Uh, it's exciting to see, and I we sincerely appreciate the um, really the gratuitous appreciation for the book and really this podcast. Uh, trust me, Julie and I appreciate the appreciation in such the way we know we're on the right path helping as many people, which is true to our life's mission. Yes, indeed. So this is a little bit of an outcropping from the clubhouse discussion this morning, but since they weren't all on that, we can rewind just a little bit. I loved the question. You know, in these clubhouses, you, you're doing a great job of asking questions that cause thought and introspection. It's not just, hey, how is it going? I mean, that's nice to hear from everyone, but we're trying to make sure that there's value there. So here's so here's the question. Let, let, you, you let me it. set this up because sure, I sure. know where you're coming from. This, yeah. this question, your notes were the question I asked the panelists today. It's what's the hardest thing you do every day that gives you the most benefit? That's a great question. Right, it is. So it, because it kind of, it's, it's, it's a sing-song question. You yes, know what I mean? yes. Right, it screws you up. It's like, because people don't expect. You got what? Right, exactly. <laughs> I know. And so that was the best part of that question. I've written, mm-hmm. wrote down a whole bunch like that that I'm going to be trying to, zingers. you know. Zingers. I'm going to be trying yeah. to trip the uh, panelists to make them actually put in some effort. That's it, right. It, I'll tell you, it's funny too. The, the reason that's a great question is it gets people off their talking points. Yes. It gets, it gets people And it's personal. Right, exactly. And did yeah. you notice people struggling to answer the question? Some of the people that were the most like high-profile coach types, mm-hmm. they didn't know how to answer the question directly? Yeah. Why do you think that was? I think, A, because it's personal. It was directed at them. It wasn't just like a general, how do you fix your time management? You know? Right. Uh, so, I, Which I like questions like that because it digs a lot deeper. I think it's more personal. I think that you can't just throw out an answer. Although I think it was interesting that everyone kind of settled on similar things, but it's causing them to be really honest. And maybe there's a little uh, 
making the ego go away a bit So the in th- that honesty. Right. So the three big myths of real estate that you guys are in life in general that you guys need to get rid of right away. A, you have to be passionate to be successful. That's mm-hmm. not true. Um, you have to be passionate about what you do to be successful at it. That is absolutely not true. Um, we're, that's not the point of today's show. Uh, number two is that you have to somehow manage your time, <laughs> like time right. management. There's another big myth. And I forgot the third big myth. We'll circle back to it. Okay, we'll circle. I'll but, remember it in a second. But those two yeah. those two myths mm-hmm. are the things. Oh, I remember the third big myth, the biggest one of all. What? You have to have balance in life. Oh, yes. So those are the three big myths that a lot of people write books about and a lot of gurus proclaim to have the, you know, solve the Rubik's Cube of how to have all these mythical things. But the problem is, is that it's all BS. It's 99% BS. And so the thing for you to do, if you really like, so Elizabeth Riley asked the question, mm-hmm. or she didn't ask a question. She actually said the thing that she struggles with was some iteration of time blocking or time management. Right. And the way I answered it, and we can drill down on your mm-hmm. points, is that she should stop trying. Mm-hmm. That time can't actually be managed. Time is pretty much made up. But more practical mm-hmm. and tactical, which mm-hmm. is the point of how you and I approach things in mm-hmm. life, is that there is no sense of her trying to change the way she's doing things because she's already very successful. That's true. She's very successful selling real estate. She's very successful with the other things she does in her life. You know, she's she's basically, she's really, for she's figured it out. Mm-hmm. And for her to think that somehow she's going to be able to eke more out of the day if all of a sudden she starts forcing herself to quote unquote manage her time and time mm-hmm. block is bullshit. Because well, it is. Ha- because however she's doing things is the way she should be doing things. And she should be doing more of the things that basically get her the biggest result. And if that means that she doesn't make contacts or she doesn't do what she's supposed to do every day at the exact same time, who gives a rat's butt? Because at the end of the day, she's getting it done. So you guys got to let go of this idea that you need to have some sort of nail seal team six lifestyle <laughs> of discipline. No. That's not really – I've not ever run into a successful entrepreneur – and Julie and I know a lot of them. We're blessed to have a lot of them as our friends and family here, especially in Dorado, uh, that frankly have that level of discipline. What they end up doing, and I want you guys to think about this. So the original entrepreneur is an artist. An artist does not necessarily operate within the constraints of uh, normality. They're not going to operate off of, you know, do this, do this, do the other thing. Most really high-level entrepreneurs are going to be, again, artistic types, which means that most of their power, most of their best energies and the reason they're successful comes from the same part of their brains and their souls as a really good artist. So to try to get that person to conform to a more regimented, rudimentary uh, approach to life, not only doesn't work for them, but actually defeats what their greatest uh, strength, their superpower is, which, so that's asinine. destructive, actually. Right, it is destructive. So what you do is if you're an Elizabeth Riley type or if you're somebody else is what we're going to talk about today. But ultimately, the bottom line is you you hire people that that are designed to have that level of discipline and then you have them do that type of work for you. But you have to keep yourself in where you're going to basically feel the most um, – Essentially effective and productive. Yeah. yeah. And that's where we've gravitated in our own business. Julie and I have gravitated in our own business so we can do more communicating with you guys because that's what we love. Mm-hmm. I mean, Julie's writing four books this year because that's what she loves. She's always wanted to write a bunch of books and she's writing a bunch of books. We're doing more clubhouses, more podcasts, more Zooms, more, you know, all those things because that's where we love. That's what we know we have our greatest strength. Um, and so the other things, we have other people that are exceptional at it that work for us in our business mostly work with us in our business that are taking care of those things at a higher level than we'd ever be able to. 
Um, but it's important that you understand the three things you can never delegate in your business is going to be the proactive lead generation, the pre-qualifying, and the presenting. And obviously, those are all uh, listing-focused activities. You can delegate everything else. You can do those things in differing, uh, essentially around your schedule, around your ebbs and flows in your day. And you just have to, you know, don't stop. So stop struggling with this, trying to accomplish this mythical time blocking and keeping to a schedule thing. If you can be successful without doing those things, what the hell? I mean, why do you think you're somehow less than somebody who lives by a schedule? Yeah. And we're not all made the same. You don't all have the most productive hours at exactly the same time. And just because somebody told you that you're supposed to be on the phone between 9 and 11 a.m., no matter what, so help you God, does not necessarily mean that that is the highest and best use of you. You've got to unlock yourself from that prison that you put that your mind puts you in for, oh my gosh, I'm terrible because I wasn't, I don't have any discipline. I didn't do that. Now, that said, somebody like Elizabeth Riley, who is operating at that level and has had a track record of success, gets a little more freedom to work amongst her own parameters, I would say, from a coaching standpoint. If you're somebody that's new or newer or failed to launch in real estate, that's different because perhaps you do need a higher level of discipline so that you can find out what works like Elizabeth Riley has. You, you see what I'm saying? No, no, I get saying? it. But, but like all, Not everybody has the same freedom. Well, think about this. Of <laughs> yeah. all your most successful coaching clients, mm-hmm. and you and I have been blessed to coach many of the most successful agents in the world. Absolutely. And I want you to really think, on mm-hmm. one hand, is how, many I, how many I've had like this, mm-hmm. who actually will stick to a regimented morning schedule where they make their contacts, they do their lead follow-up, they're done by a certain time. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about our most agents that are sure. selling $100 million a year plus. How many of them actually are disciplined like that? Not... not in that way, I would say instead they have the discipline of having some basic minimum standards that they uh, that, adhere to. And that's the bottom line. So if you have three to five minimum standards that you hold yourself accountable to every day, frankly, three is fine. If you just have three minimum standards you hold yourself accountable to every day, as long as you get those three minimum standards that are done every day, honestly, guys, what friggin' difference does it make when you do it? So stop killing yourselves thinking. Like I heard people in our clubhouse, they're almost embarrassed because <laughs> they were thinking that somehow because Tim and Julie are nation's number one coaches that we are going to ridicule them for not keeping to a schedule. I mean, you look, it does not matter. Worry about the result. Worry about the output. Focus on those three things every day, less all this other stuff that just basically yeah. is in the current zeitgeist of this, you know, success, uh, the success culture. You know, all these people that are telling you there's one way to do things. That's just not true. No. And so how do you know if what you're doing is working? Well, your product is profit. So if yeah. you're profitable, what you're doing is working. Now, if, if not, then perhaps you need to adopt and adapt uh, those basic minimum standards. So, Well, Julie, so yeah. the other thing we didn't mm-hmm. talk about on the clubhouse, nor mm-hmm. did we talk about it in your notes, is physiologically, yes. your, um, most people have the greatest uh, strength and focus in the morning. There's no doubt about it. For all the normal reasons that you can imagine, yeah. mostly because you just That doesn't have... mean 4 a.m., though. That no. doesn't necessarily mean go crazy on Well, us. we used to get up every morning at 4.30 a.m. Yeah, well, we did. We were scheduled that way, too. Well, but we were scheduled <laughs> but, that yeah. way, right. Yeah. But, but the reality of it is, is that you maybe some of you point being is some of you have your greatest most of you will have your greatest energy and focus in the morning so it does make sense to do the things that require the greatest focus and energy in the morning but not all of you are like that some of you guys are going to have your greatest strength and focus sporadically throughout the day 
And furthermore, as you get older, as I turn 51 next week and Julie mm-hmm. turns 39 plus 11 next week, I'm not allowed to say her mm-hmm. birthday, um, you're going to see you, your, uh, your hormones change, your, your physiology changes. And, you know, a lot of that changes. But at the end of the day, you have to hold yourself accountable to three to five minimum standards, which, by the way, are always going to come down to the things that you learn in the real estate treasure map. And the real estate treasure map is your fill in the blank. Uh, business plan, business and life plan. And it will drill down on specifically what those three to five things are you should be doing every day. And really comes down to proactive lead generation. It comes down to you calling back, calling, 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 and do pre-qualifying of all your leads. And then the presenting. You master the art and science of those three activities. And I know this offends some people because they go to the you know the church of branding or they go to the church mm-hmm. of social networking or they go to the church of team building and buying leads. But I promise you guys, if you just get really good at those three activities, you can be terrible at all the other things because those are the things that you can delegate um, that require a much lower skill. There's not a lot of art and science necessary for closing a transaction in oh, most yeah. cases. It's actually okay if you hate the transaction coordination piece of the business. Good. That most is good. Most people do. That's great. So, you know, yeah. this is why the real estate gods created transaction coordinators. So if you want the real estate treasure map, just text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text uh, 2021, and then when you text 2021 to 855-685-1045, we'll text you back the real estate treasure map. So don't you think it's interesting that the answer to that question, what's the hardest thing you do daily that benefits you the most, is pretty much what we just went through. And yep. all has to do one way or the other with picking up the phone. Yeah, and that is where everyone went. Too. That is, is where that, everybody did, went. Don't I you mean, think it was funny? I think most, a lot of people said working out, which I would agree with. Totally. It's a thing that I really don't like that does actually benefit me a lot. So public service announcement for those of you in your 20s and 30s, do not get fat. Yeah. That's one of the greatest gifts that passed Tim or if and Julie. You already are get unfat fast. Yeah, that's one of the greatest gifts that passed Tim and Julie gave to present Tim and Julie. We did not allow ourselves to get fat. Do not get fat because the older you get, the harder it is to lose. And the and, more you'll hate doing it. And the more you'll hate doing it. So listen <laughs> yeah. listen to uh, your uh, old friend Tim and Julie. Uh, make sure if you're younger, you do keep yourself in good shape. That is one of the things the older version of you will be most thankful for. Yeah, and we, like some of you, when we were in our 20s and 30s in real estate, it was okay for a while to work a hard day, go on a listing appointment, and then have a pizza for dinner at 11 o'clock at night. But you know what? That catches up with you. So <laughs> yep. we've warned you. All right. So yes, the things that are hardest that you do daily that benefit you the most, working out would be in that category, but answer the phone in the first place. This was a common theme. Use the phone to generate business. And remember, when you generate enough business, you don't have to tolerate fill in the blank. You don't have to tolerate the roller coaster of your paychecks, you know, the feast and famine. You don't have to tolerate dealing with maybe the client that you're dealing with now is your only client and they're not that motivated. They're a little bit abusive. You do that because you're not generating enough business. You just said something that's absolutely flipping gold and I hope you guys listen to it. And I see the pain, mm-hmm. this, the self-inflicted wounds that you guys the, that are putting on yourselves because you're working with unmotivated buyers. And, and here's the thing you got to understand. And again, Offense coming your way. Be ready. If you're one of these, I love buyers. I work with buyers. I'll work with buyers. I don't want to be a listing agent. Get clear in your head. There's no such thing as a motivated buyer. They don't exist. They they can present as if they're motivated, but remember, let, buyers let, can only, can always do something else. Well, Sellers, me, not so much. Oh, let me refine the word motivate. Okay. There's no such thing as a have, have to buy to. buyer. That's There's right. no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. That's our definition of motivation, right? Somebody who actually has to transact. There, I'm going to say it for the third time. There's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. 
And you're seeing this when you work with buyers. And I see the questions and the pain you guys are choosing to suffer because your buyers, what? they Their emotions run hot and cold. The interest rates go up. The interest rates go down. They had they have, uh, you know, a boil on there wherever you get boils. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, they, the, uh, the house that they wanted basically falls through and then it crushes their souls and they can't buy anything. They're just emotionally, or, you know, they take themselves out of the market. They stay renting. They stay leasing. They have options. They, they can live with mom and dad. They can rent in an apartment. They can stay where they are. There's no such thing as a have to buy buyer. Buyers will always under duress run for the hills and they'll always rent or, or they'll stay ghost put. you there's a lot of that yep. going on right now I, I just answered two emails to your example um these are for our uh, premier coaching members one of them as in contract got all, all the way almost through underwriting and the underwriter said you know that profit and loss you sent we need it certified by a cpa <laughs> okay well so that seems like all right whatever this is a typical underwriting thing that happens but the buyer has stalled out because I'm curious, what the hell does certified by a CPA mean? A, you know, a signature that they looked at it and seems accurate. That's, I know. that's it, preposterous. It seems, I, I think so too. But the point is that when you're working with buyers, stuff like that freaks them out. And this buyer's basically gone a little bit cold, doesn't know what to do, it hasn't hired a CPA, isn't doing anything about it because they're like, why? Why should I have to do that? So are they going to close or not? Who knows? We'll see whether they actually do what underwriting is making them do. But that is a real jerky underwriter. I, I totally agree. But there's a lot of that. This is lender overlays. Yes, that's, that's true. So that. again, going back to the uh, original ethos here, do not work. If you have to choose what you're going to get good at, get good at working with sellers and working with buyers yep. is going to be a side, uh, uh, you know, I was a bonus. Say, well, I was going to not use a positive word. It's going to be a, you know, a side stream opportunity. How about that? Well, I mean, there we we don't want to come across like we're bashing buyers. The point is that if you have to choose, there buyers have more options. They don't have to do anything, right? So sellers, on the other hand, something bad may happen if they don't, and we can give them examples of yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, well, but you know, the funny yeah. thing is, even the most dug in. Don't want to think about working with sellers, only want to work social networking, or only want to work with their centers of influence and past clients. When you have this conversation with them, you know the people that are the most passive in their lead generation, don't want any conflict, massive fear of rejection types. Um, you know, and when you basically present it like this, you can see the light bulb go off in their their heads, and yeah. they realize it. And some of sometimes they allow that light bulb to get brighter and brighter to the point where right. they have that breakthrough. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of them do, as soon as they hit that, the light goes off, and they realize that's the reason I'm so frustrated in my business is because I'm working with unmotivated people, people that don't have to transact. I need to gravitate towards sellers, and then their their their, their bodies, their souls, their minds open up. Fill, well, yeah. open up, but then full, uh, they fill with fear because mm-hmm. they don't know the next natural step to take. Right. And here's the thing that you guys don't understand. The reason that we – working with sellers is like a job in that it's a, it's, a, um, it's a routine, right? Working with sellers, when you learn how to proactively lead generate, pre-qualify, and present, that is a disciplined lifestyle that all of you can master. And what you'll be shocked to learn is there are not that many things you have. Well, frankly, and this is, you know, self-serving, but when you join our coaching program, we show you how to do everything at every step of the way. Most of the heavy lifting we've done for you, the pre-listing pack is done. Telling you what to say and how to say it is done. How to do the listing presentation is done. We're leaving none of this to chance. This is all the things that we, when, you know, again, this is what Julie and I 
um, if we did have, if we do choose to say we have passion for something as an aspect of our business, it's definitely teaching you guys to be listing agents because that's where you create leverage and that's where you create the most profit. And with that profit, you create financial freedom for yourself. So yeah, if we, you know, that's at the end of the day, those of you who are have the light go off now, well, there is obviously a difference between buyers and sellers. There are sellers that have to sell. They're getting divorced. They're getting relocated. Um, relocated. They inherited the house. They can't afford the house. They're coming off forbearance. They can't afford uh, the new, you know, they can't afford their payment. They haven't been, uh, their cash flow hasn't returned. There are, you know, probate so listings. There, there are literally dozens of reasons why there's sellers that absolutely positively have to sell. There's not a single reason why a buyer absolutely has to buy. So if you have to choose where you're going to spend your energies, wouldn't you naturally gravitate towards the people that are going to most likely, uh, uh, like the highest probability of success, uh, do a, a transaction with you? Doesn't that just make sense? Yeah. And yet, how many of our listeners, unfortunately, and we are trying really hard to save you from this, they they have to like almost have reach a breaking point, right? They have to have like three deals die in one week, all for reasons like a certified profit and loss, you know, like things that are out of your control that maybe piss your buyers off. They don't want to deal with it anymore. They ghost you. How many of our listeners have to have that degree of, you know, anxiety and stress before they then allow that light bulb to glow? Right. Well, exactly. They have to. The catalyst. That's your point, though. Sometimes it's they have the epiphany. They listen to what we're saying. They totally get it. And that's, by the way, mostly the agents that have been in the business less than two years. Yes. They're the ones that are easily. They're they're not. Uh, they haven't built up this big, you know, bucket of irrational fears. Resistance. And they're yeah. like, okay, that makes sense, Julie. I'm going to learn how to be. Oh, a I see it on, on our premier coaching all the time. Right. They're I mean, not going to screw around. They're not going to. No. So there's a. They're which, like, why? Why would I wait to do that? Right. <laughs> you know, like I want a listing now. Well, so there's a, you know, there's basically there's an old proverb, who knows, I always say Chinese, but it might not be, that, you know, a wise man learns from his mistakes, a wise man or woman learns from, the, you know, his or her mistakes, but a brilliant man or woman learns from the mistakes of others. Isn't that ultimately the reason you sign up for coaching to avoid, or frankly, listening to this podcast, to avoid basically the painful learning curve that you might not be able to financially survive? I mean, there's a reason most agents fail out of this business in far less than two years. It's because basically they go on all these flights of fancy and don't really ever drill down to become real estate professionals. Not in the truest sense. Well, one of the best comments we got the other day on one of the Facebook lives was from a more experienced agent in response to a newer agent question. And she said, you know, I have learned to achieve my uh, magic number to the point where when it dwindles, all I have to do is replace it with a for sale by owner or an expired, which I can do in 10 calls or less. Yeah. I mean, that's freedom. Did you hear on the clubhouse this morning, the gal that basically said, I don't remember her name. I did. I don't remember her name. About expireds, I think it was. She said she'd been in real estate for two years and she'd basically followed those primrose paths that everyone's preaching, social Mm -hmm. networking, branding, blah, 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 blah. And she discovered our podcast and then she listened to our podcast and and, uh, she basically started calling for sale by owners. And she made, remember, what'd she say? She made like five contacts and she listed one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that hilarious? Well, don't we, you think? I I do, and so I think that that was because we were talking about I I call it Fisbo math, right? Or for unrepresented sellers math. So look at it this way, because part of this discussion was you don't have to be super awesome and have scripts memorized and be like the most butt kicking for sale by owner prospector on the planet. All you have to do is be kind of okay at it, right? So let's say that you're kind of okay at it and you dabble in it. You don't you don't call every for sale by owner. You're not like kind of the beginning of our conversation today. You don't have to be, 
You don't have to over-discipline yourself and beat yourself up. You just have to be kind of okay at it. You have to recognize that this is a bunch of people that have houses to sell who are handing you their phone number. You have a real estate license, and it's kind of logical you talk to each other. Let, let's drill down on that, Julie, because mm-hmm. you're really saying something I hope they understand. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell them, like, this is a true story. I was in, uh, this was when Julie and I, uh, Julie and I, our first year in business, we sold 104 houses, yeah. three, four, well, it's including pendings, right? Yep. And how do we do it? Exactly like we're telling you how to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's repetitively. no- Repetitively. Repetitively, right? So we went after the people that had their hands in their air, in their air because we didn't have a big, we had no center of influence in past clients. Mm-hmm. So we went after all these types of motivated sellers, many of which, probably 50% of which also wanted to buy houses. Cha-ching, cha-ching, right? And then we double-ended a lot of these houses. There's three cha-chings. But I remember like when you and I, no one taught us to go after for sale by owners. Nope. Nobody gave us any scripts. Nobody gave us any systems. Mm-mm. You and I were in our early 20s, basically right out of college. And I remember what the epiphany was. Um, we were at, I don't even know what it was. It was probably a hardware store. you know. And yeah, I remember, right. at, I remember at the end caps, right? Every spring... Every hardware store now, of course, Home Depot and Lowe's, they put out these end caps. They're there now. You guys should go look. It's hilarious. Where it's just basically this turnkey for sale by owner. You it's know, a kit. It's a kit. Yeah. It's a permanent marker. It's two you know, crappy corrugated si- uh, plastic signs where you're supposed to write the phone number. And a stake. And a, it, yeah. And a stake. I don't even know what. Something else probably. A balloon. Who yeah. knows, right? And I remember uh, standing in line because I was buying a dial lockbox. And I remember, it, I, I remember this so accurately. I actually... I, acutely i even remember what house uh, i was buying it for one of our rentals and so i remember these two guys that were just like you know six feet away from me who were talking about just walking down the aisle and they were like there to buy who knows what right just whatever and they stumble across this you know turnkey fisbo kit. kit that cost 15 dollars. Okay. i remember and these guys um you know they stopped and they started talking about this house that they were working on so these were two friends or maybe their brothers that were essentially flipping a house in essence. Now this was back in the 90s. And I remember listening to them with no previous you know, thought about fizzboing, talk themselves into fizzboing just because they didn't know anybody. And that was my epiphany, because then I realized how many people out there for sale by owner signs, what those really are is a help wanted sign. It's totally a help wanted yeah. sign. And it's also not an advertisement that they plan to for sale by owner forever. Right. I uh, remember even in Texas and Georgetown, we I used to go to Home Depot restaurant. all the time. Well, yeah. uh, the one I'm thinking of, because we, st- we were rehabbing that house, going to Home Depot practically every day. Well, yeah. And I remember um, the aisle next to us right there, Fisbo kit. And it was like people were talking about, yeah, you know, let's try it for a couple of weeks and see if we can save some money. That was the extent of the conversation. It was not an all-out plot to end licensed real estate practitioners forever, like some of you guys have in your head that, oh, they must be agent haters. Right. Maybe one in 40 of them might have some kind of thing that they're wound up about from a past experience. But even those, those are almost easier to get. Because all you have to do is be professional and show them that not all agents were created equally. And this is all scripted, by the way. And we teach you what to say when you, the one in 40, when you come across them, um, generally speaking, after you ascertain their motivation, because some of them, let's just be honest, are a little bit loony. Yeah. I mean, we right across FISBOs that, would, that we call them social FISBOs. Yeah. They, were, they didn't really have any motivation to sell. They just, you know, went and make, make, make friends. Just to meet people. Yeah, went to meet people. Yeah, how, like people coming through the house and yeah. admiring their garden or I whatever. I think COVID probably killed that one off. Yeah, but that is true. But 
they did. We used to call them social fizzbos. They really didn't care necessarily to sell. They just liked the company. But here we are rolling into spring and all of you guys are, you know, busily thinking about what are you going to do to generate leads? How about what we are telling you to do, have been telling you to do? Buy our book. Listen to what we're saying. Use our scripts. Use our system. It works. And to Julie's his fizzbo math before we got on this, mm, our, you right. know, yeah, uh, the essence of what she's trying to have you understand is how many like if you're in an average sale price area as most of the country is now of 350 grand and i'm just going to throw out round numbers not talk about commission percents but let's say every time a house sells uh, there's ten thousand dollars to be made just on the listing side let's just say mm-hmm. so how many of those listings would you have to have to make the same amount of money you made last year double the amount of money you made last year triple the amount of money you made last year how I mean, our first year in business, Julie and I made over $300,000 from our, our early 20s doing exactly like we said. And guys, our average sale price, you can do the math, was basically like 110 our first year. Like now, our last year in real estate, our average sale price was closer to a million because we moved markets. But the point of it is, is that this is the easy button for all of you to build inventory. Just this one, one simple idea that's been around since people have been living in caves. And you can apply that same math, right? So let's say that you're only okay at it and you you just make that one for sale by owner um, victory. You know, you helped that person, you got paid. Once a month, once a month, this is like $120,000. And for some of you, it's you twice that. Well, it's once a month. What do you mean? Uh, let, let's you say that you, you dabble in for sale by owners. And through the course of the month, maybe you have like 10 or 15 conversations. You follow up, you visit them, you, you know, you follow the system. And you list and sell just one per month, and your average commission is ten grand. Yeah, that's worth one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. And here's one of the scripts. If, if you're okay at it. And here's one of the scripts. I'll tell you how we created the script because we did the work. <laughs> right. This script I'm about to give you, we did. We created our first year in the business, and obviously it's evolved since then. But we we created this because we were actually selling real estate. And how many of you right now are seeking advice and even listening to people that never flip and sold real estate before? That will be a really good litmus test for many of you. Uh, how many of you have been following advice of people that, frankly, are not qualified to give you advice about what they're you know, passing along to you? Yeah. But here's the thing. Mr. Seller, all FISBOs essentially don't want to be told that they can't do it. To tell a FISBO that they can't do it is the kiss of death. Uh, you want to and, – and, and this has been our experience and experiences may vary, but for the most part – the husband is wanting to convince the wife that he can sell the house himself. Now, it does vary from time to time, but the worst thing you can do is tell that person that they can't do it. You want to tell them that they can do it. This is the premise of the script. Mm-hmm. Encourage them that they could do it and compliment their you know ability to do it and all the rest of it and then hit them with this question. So, Julie, listen, I think your, your home brochure... State of the art, amazing. Oh, and you. your house is beautiful; it's positioned perfectly. Mm-hmm. Frankly, your pricing isn't that bad either. I think you're really spot on. Oh, you definitely that. can sell the house. Mm-hmm. You can, and maybe I shouldn't be selling, saying that to you because I'm in the real estate business. But you can. You're doing a really nice job. But let me ask you a real quick question. Sure. If I were to pop by with a buyer, a buyer that wanted to purchase the house at your list price mm-hmm. or above, and the check I hand you at closing meets or significantly exceeds the amount of money you would ever be able to get selling it yourself. Mm-hmm. I take care of all the hassles with the buyer, all the inspections, all the appraisal, all the legal stuff, all the, I mean, the litany of things, Mr. Seller, that are involved in a transaction are, are endless. Mm-hmm. But remember, the most important thing here is the check I hand you at closing meets or exceeds the amount of money you'd be able to get selling it to yourself. Mr. Seller, the question I have for you is, why wouldn't you list it with me? Well, can you do that for me? And that's what they generally say. Now, sometimes they don't make it that easy. Or they might say, do you have that buyer? Or they'll say, can you prove to me you can do it? And all the answers are, 
yes, yes, and yes. And you can, and basically that's what we teach you to do in our coaching. And you, set the appointment and you're done. Yeah. Basically. Or what we did a lot of times is we'd go to the door. But the nice thing about FISBOS is they give you the phone number. But that is one of the scripts that you can give to them. And you see what we're doing. Do you see how our scripts are designed? Exact opposite of what, I mean, what's a normal FISBO script? You can't do it. You're going to combative. Tra- it's combative. You're, gonna, you're trying to make that seller wrong. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you the secret sauce to this. If you can say that, and like I said, in most cases, you're going to find that it's, I don't even know how the, in, in modern ears, if I'm being offensive enough, I apologize if I am. <laughs> but in most cases, you're going to find when it's a couple, right? Partnership, a married couple, whatever. You're going to find it's one of them that wants the FISBO and the other is just placating them and putting up with it, right? Yeah, they don't really want to do it. The, the, the one wants to do it just to prove that usually he can. Yeah. And, and, the, and the wife or the partner is like, okay, Bob, do you just do what you're going to do? Sure. I'm going to let you run this out of your system. Right. So yeah. if you can use that script <laughs> in front of both of them where you're giving Bob the praise that he was seeking key. in yeah. front of the spouse – then basically Bob's done. He's going to list right there on the spot because yeah. well, you've given him what he wanted. You gave him the satisfaction of winning and recognition. Well, I remember there are a lot of people that are HGTV addicts and Bravo TV addicts, and they, they kind of want to dabble in the real estate world because it's exciting and it looks fun until two open houses later, the house isn't sold. They have the script with you. The spouse has always been wanting to do it the traditional way and you're done. I mean, it, it's not as complicated as some of you guys have this these stories built up in your head because maybe you tried that more combative script once on a for sale by owner. It didn't work out because you just weren't actually having a conversation. So you have to let go of that. Be yourself. Talk about real estate. Use quality scripts that have been proven just like the one you just did. And you'll be amazed. It's so funny when we're on our uh, premier coaching Facebook live sessions and, and agents do this. They're like beside themselves, right? They, they always start out the same way. You're not going to believe what just happened. And then they get addicted to it, and it's awesome. And I have to go. Yes, you do. <laughs> and so, guys, listen. I, Julie, by the way, I think we slayed this podcast. Yeah, I think. I hope they do something with it. Because, you think they you will? Know, what percent will? I think some of them will. Should we be antagonistic? <laughs> I want to hear stories. Send, send us, you know. And if you're Premier Coaching members, post it on the Facebook. Don't bounce yet. So yeah. for those of you who think, oh, there's just everyone and their brothers chasing for sale by owners. Yeah, right. I, yeah, right is the answer. But here's the thing. I, Julie and I just asked over probably 10 or maybe 20,000 of you. We told you what to do. We gave you some motivation. We gave you some education. And I, here, I want you to do a little gut check right now. Be introspective. How many of you are actually going to contact a FISBO today, right? Now, look, let's be honest. If there's 10,000 of you that are listening today and over 20, over time, 20,000 or more listen to this show, and I just asked that very question, how many of you are right now after this podcast from what we just told you are going to be motivated enough to uh, uh, you know contact a FISBO? It's single digits percentages of you because the rest are going to say, I got to study it more. I got to learn the scripts. I got to practice it. Only new agents do that. Only new agents do that. I have got it. In other words, so next time you think that this is oversaturated, it's not. All the other crap is oversaturated. The social networking, the TikToking, and the video making, all the passive stuff that requires no skill and has no rejection, that's the stuff that's oversaturated. The real work of real estate is where, where the real opportunity and real money will always be. Thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in the United States and Botswana. And Botswana. <laughs> you guys have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. 
Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.